small business news, advice, and education. This is Startup BizCast. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Startup BizCast number 84. I'm your host, Steve Mullen, president of Endgame Public Relations. Startup BizCast is produced by Endgame Public Relations, a social media PR firm based in Richmond, Virginia. To learn more about the firm and its corporate podcast production service, please visit endgamepr.com forward slash podcasts. This week, I want to revisit the subject of social media and social networking sites and services that small business owners can use. Longtime listeners know this is a topic that's been discussed on this podcast multiple times, but the reason I want to go over it again is the landscape changes so quickly. Twitter is a great example. I had a client last summer that hired me to help manage a crisis that affected them. At that time, I didn't recommend using Twitter to disseminate information, but Twitter has grown and evolved to the point where I think it would be a crime not to use it. So, because of a rapidly changing landscape, I thought it would be a good idea to go through what's out there right now and how you can use it. So, let's get started. I thought I'd start out simple and talk about corporate blogging. Two years ago, when I launched this podcast series, I had to explain corporate blogging to a lot of listeners. Now it's mainstream. Everyone knows what blogs are, and I suspect many listeners have one. I wouldn't say having a corporate blog is a necessity, but it's an outstanding idea, and I wouldn't start a business, particularly a web-based one, without one. Blogs are still a great SEO tool because they legitimately increase the number of keywords and key phrases on your website, and they provide a great home for your content, like blog posts, news releases, and audio and video. Creating unique content is still the best way to increase the number of high-quality links to your website, which, of course, is great for SEO. I'm still frequently asked, though, what's the best strategy for blog placement, i.e., where the blog should live? There are two schools of thinking here. One is that you have a separate domain name for your blog, which creates a strong, relevant link back to your main site and increases the number of places your brand can be found on the web. Now, I understand that, but the other school of thinking is that the blog should be part of your site, something like yoursite.com forward slash blog. I think this is the best strategy for several reasons. First of all, anytime someone links to your blog, that link not only benefits your blog, but the entire website. Also, as I mentioned earlier, blogs increase the number of legitimate keywords and key phrases that are on your site. If the blog is separate from your main business site, the benefit of those keywords and key phrases is muted. The final reason I can give you is that I just don't like the idea of blog visitors having to go to a completely different site to learn more about my company. Let's move on to another topic now, web videos. The viewing of web videos is skyrocketing. According to Comscore, back in December 2008, a record 14.3 billion, with a B, billion, web-based videos were viewed. This is a particularly interesting month to look at, too, because back in the fall, there was a lot of buzz about the online availability of U.S. election news and parodies and how millions of people were watching those videos. But December was obviously after the elections in the U.S., and there was actually a 13% increase from November to December. Now, all of this is to say that web videos are now mainstream. I still think most people would prefer to watch a video on their televisions, but watching a short video on the computer is now something people are comfortable doing, and your company needs to take advantage of that. There are a number of ways you can take advantage, and you don't need to spend a lot of money to do it. A simple testimonial video from your customers is a great thing to do. If you have the ability or the money to pay someone, you can even do a full-blown corporate video that tells everything you need to know right there in a 10- or 15-minute show. The best strategy, in my view, for how to post the video is to upload it to YouTube. That's not because I'm a huge fan of YouTube. 
I think other sites do a much better job, but YouTube is the most popular video site by far. It's got more than 40% of the market share. No one else is close. When you post your video on YouTube, you not only get an easy way to then post it on your site, they also put it on their site for anyone who might happen upon it. Plus, the more views your video has, the higher it will rank on their site in searches. Let's move on to another type of online multimedia, podcasting. Now, obviously, you're listening to the show, so you know a little bit about it. The use of podcasts and downloadable audio really hasn't taken off as fast as a lot of people thought, including myself, but it is growing. Podcasts are online audio presentations that are made available for download or online listening. They can also be accessed through RSS feeds, which really is what makes it a podcast. The benefit of audio over video for your business website is price. If you don't have the skills on a digital editor to make it sound great, you can have someone do it for you relatively inexpensively. It'll probably cost a couple of hundred dollars or less versus maybe $500 to $1,000 for a similar video project. Let's talk now about the variety of social networking sites that are available for your use as a small business owner. First up, by virtue of its massive size, is Facebook at Facebook.com. The site, as of the recording of this podcast, has about 200 million active users. You think about that number for a minute. And according to the site, an additional 75 to 100,000 new users sign up every day. That's like a small city joining every day. Now, obviously, this is a place where you need to make your brand available. The name of the game on Facebook is to build as much of an audience as possible, either through making friends or by building a fan base through a fan page. Which strategy is best for you will depend largely on what type of small business you have. If you're in a sole proprietor situation where you are the brand, then it might be best to focus on networking with your customers or potential customers as an individual account holder. If you have a slightly larger business, you might consider building a fan page. Now, you might occasionally see users with corporate names. This is a bad idea. Facebook actually frowns on pseudonyms. You might get away with the username Bob's Tires forever, or it might be noticed and your account will be canceled. It's just not worth the risk. If you have a larger small business or one where you have a small but passionate customer base, it's a great idea to create a fan page. They're very easy to set up, and with the recent changes to Facebook, fan pages look and feel like personal accounts right down to the status update. Now, a couple of words of caution about Facebook. First, even though it has a massive user base and is a place where you need to be, the shine is kind of coming off the site a little bit. Part of the reason for this is they keep making changes to the way the site looks and works. They've done it so frequently lately that people are starting to get frustrated. Additionally, another problem with Facebook is that it's not the absolute best place to network with people you don't know. Like a lot of people, I frequently post pictures and videos of my family on the site. Like a lot of people, I get nervous about strangers having access to those pictures. If you're planning to use Facebook for business purposes, it's something to think about. And this is one reason that fan pages are a great idea. Let's move on now and talk for a few minutes about LinkedIn at LinkedIn.com. I like to call this site the opposite of Facebook. For business purposes, Facebook isn't really 100% the best fit because many people there are just having fun. LinkedIn, meanwhile, is all about business. It's designed solely to make business connections. In fact, in my view, it's a little too business-like and isn't fun enough to keep people on the site. With LinkedIn, the idea is more or less the same as Facebook and many other social networking sites. You find people you want to network with and you connect with them. On Facebook, these people are called friends. On LinkedIn, they're connections. People are much more likely to approve you as a connection on LinkedIn, even if they don't know you. 
On LinkedIn, there are also very useful groups for a variety of industries where people can post questions or discussions. If you're a LinkedIn user and don't utilize these groups, I definitely recommend you check them out. Now, one difference between Facebook and LinkedIn is the user profile. You can post an entire resume on Facebook if you want to, but I wouldn't normally recommend it. On LinkedIn, it's a necessity because the site will help you find people you used to work with. Plus, all your connections really want to know your full background. It's a great way to connect with new people or former bosses and coworkers. Now, as I mentioned, though, the thing that's holding LinkedIn back is that other than searching for connections and visiting the user groups, there's really not much else to hold you on the site. Another site that's almost guaranteed to suck you in and hold your attention is Twitter at twitter.com. Twitter's a little different than Facebook and LinkedIn in that it's very simple and it's all about conversation and sharing information. Twitter's what's called a microblogging service. You sign up for an account and post messages of 140 characters or less. The site asks the question, what are you doing right now? Now, instead of gathering friends and connections, you gather followers. When someone follows you, they agree to have your Twitter posts or tweets included in the stream of posts they receive. I have to admit, when Twitter first entered the social media consciousness, I really didn't get it. I didn't really care what other people were doing. It's evolved since then, though, and has become an outstanding tool for branding yourself, promoting your content, and communicating with customers. Now, here are a few tips for using Twitter. First off, make sure you fill out the online bio information and website URL where they let you do that. This is a chance to plug yourself, and you really should take that advantage. Additionally, some people won't follow Twitter users who don't tell more about themselves. Another tip, don't tweet just about yourself or your business. It's okay to promote a blog post or other content on your site, but that shouldn't be your only activity. Find interesting news items and other links about your business or industry and post them. You can also post opinions about your business or industry. Most importantly, strike up conversations with others. That's what Twitter is all about. People who are interested in what you're talking about will find you, and they will follow you. Another thing, learn about hashtags. These are tags put at the end of posts along with a pound sign. They're a way of categorizing posts and will help you find the conversation going on about your industry. One final tip, don't fall into the trap of using one of those services that claim they'll get you 10,000 followers in a day or two. The service might actually work and you'll get those followers, but these people are just blindly following whoever, which means they probably have no interest whatsoever in what you have to say. It's actually better to have 100 interested followers than 1,000 who are ignoring you. There are a million other social networking sites out there I could talk about, but time doesn't really permit that. I did want to talk a little bit about another one, though. It's called Ning, N-I-N-G. It's a way to set up your own personal social networking site. It's kind of like having your own personal Facebook. It can be used for clubs or industry groups or even as a customer service forum. It's definitely worth checking out at Ning.com. I have links to all of these sites in the show notes to this episode, as well as a very promotional link to my podcast and web video production service at Endgame Public Relations. I hope you'll check out all those links, particularly the one to Endgame Public Relations. Also, be sure to join the Startup BizCast Facebook group. I'll put a link to that in the show notes, and you can also find that link on the sidebar of the Startup BizCast blog. One final link will be to the fan page for Endgame Public Relations, and I hope you'll take a look at that and join up. If you have a guest suggestion or a comment or question, please contact me. The best way to reach me is to leave a voicemail that I can use in a future episode. That voicemail number is 206-350-7905. That's 206-350-7905. You can also email info at startupbizcast.com or leave a comment on the Startup BizCast blog. 
That's a wrap for episode 84 of Startup BizCast. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Mullen.